cast iron brains. A podcast that didn't spend six years in podcasting and blogging school to be called Mr. Thanks very much. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm here, do. <laughs> She's here, do. Great day today, Bob. Today is Monday, December the 14th, 2020. What makes today so great? So we got the vaccine and the Electoral College vote was today on the 14th, the day of the oh, recording. Did, are we done? It's over, yeah. Oh, my God. I oh, was it's so over busy for like the 20th work, time. I forgot about it. Yeah. Around 5 p.m. Eastern time, California put in their electoral vote. So basically, there was no shift from the vote. 306, 232 is what it ended up with. I will say the sequence of the electoral college vote and how the states were kind of uh, being tabulated, that's how election night should have been. It would have been a totally straightforward evening if you just saw because like the first six that went off were the six swing states well yeah yes, that yeah <laughs> very early and then by, by the time california hit it was basically a foregone conclusion it was very neat clean it was a lot of fun yeah it, I mean, and it all happened in just a matter of like three or four hours yeah, yeah it was great yeah and so for like the 17th time since the middle of November, Joe Biden is officially going to be the president-elect of the United States. Let's explain what happened for uh, the aliens in the audience. The Electoral College, the electors yes. selected by the political parties, uh, that in this won case, the, the Democrats. States, right? So. right, that won the state. They show up at state capitol buildings all over the country, and before their state legislators uh, cast their votes for whoever won the popular vote right. in that state. Now, this didn't happen in every Capitol building, unfortunately, because of some security concerns. In Arizona, for example, the voting went on at an undisclosed location, and uh, there were other security measures taken in other states. Yeah, I think Michigan had, like, extra security. I'm sure most of them had extra security, but I think Arizona may be the only one that I read was held at an undisclosed location because crazies are out there. In Michigan, the electors on the Republican side. So like, you know, each side, each party gets to choose their electorate, right? So if the Republicans right. had won Michigan, their 16 or whatever electorate would show up and, and do this. That did not happen. The Democrats won, so it was, it was them doing it today. The Democrats won, but somebody else did show up. Right. The Republican electors try to show up to hand their votes as if like there are like these two different dueling things. And then it would be decided later, but uh, they were rebuffed immediately. The police just didn't even let them in the building. Right. Like, no. I think he wanted, like, can you hold this? And, like, the document. And it's like, no, no, no. Just piss off. <laughs> like he was trying to serve the cop or something. <laughs> yeah. like, because that would, that would make a lot I of hand hand this, out of it. If I hand this to you and you're inside the building, technically these votes count, right, actually. Right, right, right. And you're suppressing their vote if you do nothing with right. it. Yeah. The states will now send their official documents on to the uh, president of the Senate and the National Archivist. And on January 6th, Congress will meet in a joint session and Vice President Pence, unless he is otherwise detained, <laughs> uh, will declare who has been elected president, right. which 
as we mentioned, is uh, 306 electoral votes to Dr. Jill Biden's husband, <laughs> Joe Biden, and 232 to the current President Trump. And what's going to happen in January is just a reflection of the vote today. Right. So all of the states, they've certified right. these things, and now they just have to basically put them in uh, the FedEx right. and send them to Washington. Right. Like The thing is, it's, it's done. done yeah. All that happens on January 6th, effectively, is that Mike Pence opens the envelopes and just reads what's right. happened. Right. It's a repetition uh, of today. There is no legal path to the coup. Is there ever a As legal was ever path the case. to a coup? Well, <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> fair. Uh, I want. I do want to play a clip though, because not everybody is convinced that this uh, is a done deal. All right. Great to be on this morning. Thank morning. you for having me. The only date in the Constitution is January twentieth. So we have more than enough time to right the wrong of this fraudulent election result and certify Donald Trump as the winner of the election. As we speak today, an alternate slate of electors in the contested states is going to vote, and we're going to send those results up to Congress. This will ensure that all of our legal remedies remain open. That means that if we win these cases in the courts, that we can direct that the alternate slate of electors be certified. The state legislatures in Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania can do the same. And likewise, Congress has that opportunity as well to do the right thing. If you just cured three simple constitutional defects, Donald Trump's the winner of this election. Whether it's the signature matching in Georgia that was illegally changed as a result of a consent decree without the legislature's approval, or whether it's the hundreds of thousands of improperly cast ballots in Wisconsin, absentee voters who never actually submitted the request for an absentee ballot, or whether you're talking in Pennsylvania, the clear equal protection violation when Democrat ballots were cured in advance of Election Day and Republican ballots weren't. These are just three of hundreds of violations that we've documented, and those three violations alone make Donald Trump the winner of the 2020 election. Right, and we know that, that was Stephen Miller on Fox and Friends this morning. Is it not important that the courts have weighed in and poo-pooed through all of the arguments he's making did not go anywhere, right? But he's still making it after the arguments were made. What are they, like almost 60 cases uh, in, in, in different levels of court? And uh, other than one case where they got to move a little bit closer, no victories. So right. what what is he talking about? And also... Is January 20th in the Constitution? I mean, didn't it used to be like March 4th, like Inauguration Day back in the olden days when they had horses? January 20th is a relatively recent thing. Because, <laughs> you know, it take a while. If Let's say you win in November and then, oh, shit, I got to right. be in Washington. Let me get that gotta, horse. Got to pack up the it. wagon. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So you got to give them a... they had horses. <laughs> Takes a while, you know. Fucking good old days. <laughs> it is the uh, the twentieth amendment to the United States Constitution. Moved it from March fourth to January twentieth. There we go. Because horses. That's right. They're like, you know what? <laughs> we got trains now. <laughs> you can get there. Stephen Miller's a hateful little shit. He's uh, fucking worse. He is. Will he go away? Or are we going to deal with him for thirty years? I can't imagine that he'll have too much of a life outside of. Trump world, but that wasn't my question. He'll, he'll be around. All these people are recycled, you know. Like a lot of old Obama types are now in the Biden uh, group. 
uh, the old Bush people were in the Trump thing. There's a few people in Trump's orbit. I don't see them unless another Trump wins, like uh, whatever, Ivanka or whatever. Like if a just generic Republican won, wins in a few years, I don't see the Stephen Millers or the whatevers being He's in those administrations. So it seems like this is like, maybe that's why they're clinging on to it so so much. He can say whatever he wants to say on Fox, but when he says alternate electors are voting in key swing states, like that's not a thing. Right. Like just because a group of Republicans went into a room somewhere in the Georgia state capitol and quote unquote voted for <laughs> Donald Trump. Right. If if in the other bigger room that's happening in public, not behind closed doors, that the state legislature is certifying the results of the Democrats voting for Joe Biden, then the alternate electors they aren't live with the voting at facts. all. Right. It doesn't It's not it's not a thing it's not a thing that's happening or matters. Right. Like they're it's just something they're doing completely on their own outside of any legal framework that is known. It's an alternative legal framework. Right. And it's entirely meaningless. They're just some people who met in a room and said we're going to vote for Trump. Like it's, right. it's, yeah. that's the level of legal force that this has. There will be no dueling sets of electors, not one state like because there was this concern that like somewhere say in Georgia for example the state legislature would vote to confirm the republican electors right. and certify that list while Kemp who's become a never trumper in their eyes yeah. would decide to certify the democratic electors and that somehow both of those envelopes would go up to congress and then it would be up to Pence to decide what the hell to do right. that's not what's happening right. that's not what this right. is this is just a complete farce. It's just a stupid game they're but playing. But it's a game they're playing just so they can regurgitate it in certain media outlets. Because if you watched, you know, CNN or any other network, I don't know about Newsmax or whatever, but like if you watch like a normal news outlet, they would show like in Georgia, for instance, Stacey Abrams is the one that made the, the call that the votes were in for Biden. I think in New York, the Clintons were... One, uh, you know, two of the electors. So they had all of these like high-profile types submitting their votes, and not one has deviated from the final count, which is not what happened four years ago. So it was actually a relatively smooth process in getting the electors to vote as what the people want. Four years ago. Four years ago, there were some calls in some corners of the media, which now, of course, they're right-wing media has turned into like the greatest sin right. or or a greatest display of hypocrisy that's ever happened. But some people were saying and pointing out the fact that the electoral college can do what it wants to do. Right. It doesn't have to do what the voters decided that they should do because the original point of the electoral college was to prevent arguably the exact sort of person right. as Donald Trump right. from ascending to the presidency. Right. And on top of that, but that wasn't even the argument they were making. The argument that was being made four years ago was mostly a reflection of the fact that he got trounced in the popular right. vote by a fairly fairly significant margin and was going to be installed because of the vagaries of the Electoral College anyway. And that was the main thrust of those arguments, right. was that we shouldn't have a president who didn't win the popular vote after what happened in 2000 especially. And okay, that wasn't... Hillary Clinton banging that drum. She wasn't personally appealing to electors to turn their back on the system 
and install her as president, right. right? She wasn't on television every night screaming about how this was being stolen from her and from the American people. Yeah, you can always make the charge of hypocrisy, but like Hillary Clinton literally conceded that night, uh, like at what, 2.30 or 3 a.m., election night. So like as far as actions by the candidate goes, it's not even a comparison. And if there was ever a time... Like, this is like the last line. If, if there was ever a time for Trump to concede, it would have been today. Because basically, you know, all the court challenges have been exhausted. The electors have voted. It is over, over, over. But instead of taking this last opportunity, he tried to, like, get ahead of the news cycle or disrupt the news cycle by, like, saying his attorney general is going to resign in a week. Right? Just so he, right. there's something else to talk about. Because he doesn't like the outcome of the six weeks long election, and he's certainly not going to concede. Yeah, and it's and it's certainly not a coup. But the, my my question was never like, and I I hate to go back to this since we've already talked it out a couple of times, but the people who keep insisting, like sarcastically joking about how's that coup going, you know, you hysterical weirdos, still don't they don't get it. They don't get that the problem here is not that Donald Trump was ever going to actually install himself as permanent president in contravention of the legal apparatus here, right? That was that was never really in the cards. But that doesn't mean that what he's doing isn't a disaster for this country, right? right? And that it's not a dramatic escalation oh. in the legitimacy the legitimacy crisis that's been going on in national American politics for the last 30 years and is and is before was just sort of a a low-level boil that was happening below the surface and now is just explicit and being stated by the top leaders of what amounts to half the country. Right. I'm sure the answer is just silence, but I do wonder what the people who are talking up about, oh, there was no coup, you guys were exaggerating, but like the attorneys general, like 16 or 17 of them, trying to tell Georgia and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan to overturn the will of the voters in those states? Like, they haven't come out and said anything right. about so that. Right, so Texas, don't mess with Texas, who, if if this was a suit filed in reverse, would have just flipped the fuck out, right. right? Like, if anybody were to file suit against Texas saying that your voters are unfairly infringing on the rights of our voters simply by exercising the franchise, like, <laughs> they would be... Uh, cowboying up and, and like you know getting very upset right right and the legislature in texas actually earlier today they there was like a vote to call on the legislators in in those four states pennsylvania georgia michigan and wisconsin to appoint their own elector so like even though the supreme court shut it down and say this is not happening you lack standing and blah 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 they're still on this course because this is a political point that they're making, the same thing that Stephen Miller's clip. It's not like a legal argument. They're just kind of saying these things so that it can be regurgitated in media, in conservative media. And then they can say, oh, this is not legitimate. And it reflects in some of the polling that's coming out where they're like, okay, fine. Biden won, but he did so illegitimately, right? Or some variation right. of that. And so that's a problem, you know? So like... Uh, yeah, there was no coup, but a lot of harm has been done, and it's still ongoing. 
Right. The speaker, the leader in the Republican Party in the House, Kevin McCarthy, former speaker, now just the you know minority leader in the House, he was signed on to this thing, right? right? Like, this isn't just fringe weirdos. Like, there's the Arizona GOP tweeted out, are you willing to die for this? <laughs> right? Like, this guy... They, they, the Arizona Republican Party tweeted out a thing that said, this guy's willing to die for his country. Are you ready to die? Like, are you ready to die to make sure that this election isn't stolen? Right. The Texas guy said the same thing. Alan West is like, he's now denying it, but he was basically talking about secession. He was indicating that secession was a viable option. Rush Limbaugh, and now we move away from the leaders of the political apparatus and onto the conservative media. But Limbaugh was entertaining he questions of secession He has also tried to walk it back. Week. like, oh, it was a caller. And I was just kind of, you know, humoring This him. is a caller right. who was basically saying, hey, Father Rush, right. you have led us this far. What do we do now? Right. right? And Rush was saying, I don't know. The country's coming apart. It doesn't seem like we can be one country anymore. Right. Maybe secession is just what's going to happen. Right. Like, And you can't... You're saying this to... What was once an audience when he was at the peak of his radio power of like 30 million people, apparently, yeah. that he would reach on a weekly basis? I'm sure that that audience is greatly reduced at this point. But that doesn't mean that he's not a significant voice in the movement. Oh, yeah. And you worry about making this uh, super hyperbolic and getting worked up about things that have actually always been this way. But at least and, – and, and yeah, this country's literally had a civil war before. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so we're not there. If you just look at, since I've been politically aware, going back to 1992, some people raised questions about the legitimacy of Bill Clinton's election. But that was mostly a question of mandate, uh, right. because Clinton only received 43% of the popular because, vote. You know, because there Perot was a, was there. Yeah, so it was a whole thing. Right, yeah. a strong push from an independent Perot, and Republicans got pissed because their feeling was that Clinton maxed out his vote at 43% and that a lot of the people who voted for Perot would have gone for H.W. Bush and that the only reason that Clinton won was because Perot spoiled the thing. And who knows if that's true. That's probably not true. It would mean moved by 96 when he won comfortably over Dole. Right. If anything, that in 96 saves some of that question of legitimacy because – and and Bob Dole talked about how in 1992 Bill Clinton doesn't have a mandate to govern that that yes he won and he's the president but in terms of legislative agenda I have no reason to allow the Democrats to steamroll me because their leader only got 43% of the vote and that's like that's sort of pushing in the direction of questions of legitimacy right. but it's not the same it's not anywhere in the neighborhood right. right like you can sort of see where they're pushing at it a little bit but it's nowhere in the neighborhood. They no most people, the average American, by I mean, especially considering the fact that they ended up with a very high approval rating by the end after being impeached, yes. didn't question the fundamental legitimacy of Bill Clinton. They just fucking hated him, right? That was that's, the, that's true. Yeah, I do wonder if the fact that Trump never did have a mandate, came in, came out a, a one-term loser president, they wanted this to cement his legacy, right? So, like, had he won this, even if he won it in a similar way, and actually it would have been a worse way because Biden would have hit 51% and still lost, right? So let's say all of the thin margin states went the other way, and Trump had two terms. Now he has a legacy. He can think ahead, right? 
or somebody else can think ahead for him. Uh, but now it is, it's almost kind of like, uh, what, you know, those people that do those, like, uh, they replace their organs with something else and they have those, like, uh, anti-rejection medication. So, like, Trump is like this weird foreign thing and the body just rejected him after a while. Like, he never gotten it. So, like, I think right. they're upset at that, the fact they can't make that case. There's no legacy case for Trump. Maybe for Trumpism, but Trump came and went pretty quickly. And I think that you've just put more thought into the whole thing than he ever has. Right. So. <laughs> That's true. For, he just wants to stay in. Worth. But I'm, I'm saying, like, as far as – because once the dust settles, right, all of the people that have been supporting Trump, they can't point to it because basically, oh, that failure of a president of yours, right? But if they have this to say, oh, that was But not- they will. And you know the, the three things that they'll point to are the, the tax cuts that they'll say goosed the economy and made things better for all Americans, which is largely untrue. They'll point to the deep regulation cuts that they did, which apparently also goosed the economy, which cannot point to in terms of any numbers or anything, right. but whatever. Right. And they'll point to the judges, which is absolutely the case that there there will be a legacy there. So that's how they'll no, no, justify but what I'm themselves. Is, yes, they'll, they'll, it'll be a it'll be a combination of those three things, and the absolute distrust and hatred for the mainstream media, right. saying that you guys were just overreacting the entire time. He was sort of a clown, but he just did normal Republican things, and you can all eat shit. Right, but they can't dispute the part where ultimately he was rejected by the people, right? Right, except that, that that's part of the appeal for these assholes. It's like that Newt Gingrich tweet from earlier in the week, right? Oh, yeah. Where Newt yeah. tweeted at the governor of Georgia yelling at Brian Kemp for allowing there to be <laughs> ballot drop boxes up ahead of this runoff election I was in, in January. perplexed by that because usually that's not the, the parts that you would say out loud, right? You may intimate that or, you know phrase it another way but he came out and just said what are you doing guy i'm gonna read the tweet here it's from newt's twitter why is georgia secretary of state raffensperger working so hard to add drop boxes and take other steps to make it harder for republicans to win is he really that intimidated by stacy abrams every time it surprises me when republicans actively, openly don't want people to vote for them. But it's generally not this, this blatant. I mean, this is a very blatant thing. That but they've always been like this. this and is, it's like, change your platform you sh- if you're worried that more people voting is going to be bad for you. Right. Usually it's, it's couched around like voter ID laws and other non, you know, nonsense. But this was basically like, oh my God, why are you expanding the opportunity for people to vote? Like, are you trying to get us to lose? But why would you think, if you believe the things you believe are right, right, why wouldn't you think that more people voting would be good? Because the notion that the vast unwashed rabble, if they all voted, that if the great unwashed American, if all of those right. gross people voted, then they'd be voting for free stuff all the time. They'd be voting for the welfare state. This has been a foundational truth of conservatism for as long as I can remember, right? Like, (laughs) you go back and you listen to Rush Limbaugh in the 90s. That's the sort of stuff he was saying. That's what Bortz was saying on the radio 20 years ago, right? Right. They really think in in their hearts they're a minority. Like, there's a conservative site called The Bulwark that is, like, up against the, the— 
the Trumpists, but they see themselves as a persecuted minority within a persecuted right. <laughs> minority of conservatism. Right. Like it is absolutely foundational to the text of conservatism that they are a minority who has to fight the unwashed masses, right? And so they, right. even if it's not true, and it appears to right. be not true, when you look at the data, right. it's not the case right. that if more people come out and vote, that it hurts Republicans more than it hurts Democrats. We just saw tremendous turnout in this country yes. for both parties, yeah. and it was a great boon to Republicans everywhere with the exception of Donald Trump. Right. They see themselves not as a cultural elite in the way that liberals do, or at least in the way that they accuse liberals, and I would probably agree with them, view themselves as a cultural elite. They see themselves as the ide ideological elite, right? right? This is the quote unquote party of ideas, right? These are, they think that they just have better brains than the great unwashed. And that's why they fundamentally believe that the more people that vote, the worse it will be for them. Although traditionally that's true. There, there hadn't been a coherent Republican policy that's like new. It's all kind of, or, or at least not new, but like constructive, like it's very destructive, uh, deregulation is a destructive kind of thing. Just get rid of stuff, right? And hopefully nothing too bad happens. Tax cuts, just get rid of things. Hopefully that'll goose up the economy. There's a lot of just get rid of things, right? So as far right. as the well, big that, but ideas, that, that can be like, traced back to the. I've said this on the podcast before. I think that Ronald Reagan joked about how the line is that I'm from the government and I'm here to help is the, the nine most horrifying words in the English language or whatever. Right. That was a laugh line, right. but he believed in government. He believed in big government doing big things right. and trying to accomplish. He things. had a weird, uh, I mean, I guess it, there's no zealot, like a convert, but he was like a FDR liberal was like the head of the union in Hollywood. And then like sometime somewhere in the fifties, he kind of shifted. Sure, but the, the point I'm making is that somehow with his throwaway line, that became the foundational ethos of right. the entire Republican, of the modern American Republican Party, right. which is that government cannot do anything and, legitimately. And let us show you how, right? So basically it's like, right. yeah, so if you just show up, like you would think the argument would be like, you don't want government to do too much, but the few things that they do, let's do it well. But it seems like it's important that the relationship the average voter has with the government is negative. That way, if somebody tries to like pass some new big thing, you're like, I don't want the negative it's government so to do it. Up. You know. I want to get back to my timeline real quick about the crisis of legitimacy, and it escalated a little bit in 2000 after George W. Bush was elected president because the Supreme Court stopped a Florida recount that there's reason to believe might have ended up going for Al Gore had it been properly completed? That was a big mess because you're right. If they had continued counting, maybe it would have gone toward Gore. But also the argument on the conservative side for a long time was the media outlets calling it prematurely affected the panhandle vote, which was like on the central time zone. So like they called it Florida for Gore too early and so like well what if a bunch of people waiting in line in that panhandle area of florida just said ah it's already settled yeah. let's go home that's that's a hypothetical yeah, that's, that's a hypothetical. too far for me right. in in part in part because so trump has talked a lot about and obviously he just throws shit at the wall to see what right. sticks and nothing ever sticks because he's a moron but 
he's talked a lot about how all of the polls that were wrong ahead of the election were quote unquote suppression polls right. <laughs> that, that the media worked in concert to try to keep Republicans from showing up to vote because they were trying to convince them that there was no point. Right. And I think that in all likelihood, if there's a psychological effect at work there, that it was precisely the right. opposite. You, you would that think this, this is, is in the bag. This is a group of right. people that really want to throw up a middle finger whenever possible, right? right? right. And if you get if if what you're seeing is that your guy you're being told over and over again that your guy's got no chance whatsoever, you're going to make a point of going out and voting right. and and showing In up fact, for him. In fact, I would I would argue. I mean, it's all bullshit. But like a stronger bullshit argument would be that that is actually a better setting for Trump because like you're right, the middle finger types will show up to vote to prove the numbers wrong. But on the other side... Right, you, he needs he needs that antagonist. Right, but, it's the only time that he's remotely appears powerful, right? right? Yeah, is, yeah. is when he's got something to fight against. Right. But on the other side, those polling numbers, like somebody who's just like, a, eh, I'll show up to vote, like on the Biden side, may just say, you know what, wow, 51, 41, it's a 10-point split. I'll stay home. Right. Um, he's up by 10 in Wisconsin. Why would yeah. I bother getting in line right. when it's 23 degrees outside right. or whatever? Because like, yeah, at that, that point, just like, I just want the guy to win. I don't care that much about him. So, like, I'm not trying to run up the score. So, like, if anything, that would be a more likely scenario than whatever Trump's nonsense is. So, I was convinced in my head that not my president comes from the 2000 election. And maybe it does come from before then. But the first instance that I could find of it was from the 2000 election. And it was, uh, I found this article on PBS from the 2001 inaugural day where there were signs in the crowd that said, uh, like, stop the thief or whatever and not my president. And so there were a few protesters at the Bush inauguration in 2000 saying that he wasn't a legitimate president. But it was, again, it's not like this was being said on cable television every night. Right. And despite the fact that Bush had lost the popular vote in 2000, despite the fact that a year later, it turns out that according to a study done by somebody, Ohio State or University of Chicago or something, I can't remember, basically they concluded that if all of the votes had been properly recounted, that Gore would have won. And despite the fact that Al Gore even after that, was like, well, don't be ridiculous. That was a year ago, and George W. Bush is the right. president. It, yeah. Like, there's plenty of opportunity for people to ring the bell of Bush is a completely illegitimate president. Now, of course, 9-11, like, squashed any legitimacy right. crisis right. that Bush might have faced on that front. And again, just like Clinton in 96, Bush was more handily reelected in 2004 than he was elected in, in 2000. I mean, yeah. and of course, he won the popular vote, right. too. He won the popular vote also, yeah. yeah. Which is like the only right. time the, yeah, a Republican has won the popular vote in like 30 years. Right. And the public would eventually turn on him again, in part due to like the Katrina mess and the fact that the Iraq war popularity flagged and we had the Abu Ghraib thing. Right. Yeah, he had a very rough 2005, 2006. After like winning re-election and he had his, uh, I um, intend to use his political capital, you know. It was kind of right. downhill for him. Right, but it's not like... And there were some calls for his impeachment, but they never really moved right. on them. And his numbers actually nobody, got under 30%. They were like in, in the toilet, right? Like 
Right, but there wasn't talk. There wasn't really talk of legitimacy, right? right. Like it's it certainly never. It's not like Obama ever talked that way, and he dumped on George W. Bush for years. Right. But it was never in terms of whether or not he's has any place as being the president or had somehow risen to power with great illegitimacy. Right. By the way, now that the electoral college votes have been certified and everything is settled, we still don't have a big number of Republican politicians coming out publicly and recognizing the outcome, right? So that, like, this is, like, all of the examples you raise are very, like, they're at the margins, very small. They don't show up on any polling, like, past the few weeks that it happened. Like, you know, by the spring of 2001, when Bush was in, this was a settled issue. He was already on No Child Left Behind and all this other stuff, right? So this is going to be a problem for a while, right? Because, like, you know, you'll have you'll you may have a few senators here or there kind of peeling off, but most of the politicians, it is in their best interest to continue this line of maybe there's an argument to be made that the election should be overturned. Like, the, I don't right. No, the, even even the mo- so the ones that haven't peeled off before now, the non Romney, non Sasses, right. right? The people who've pretty forcefully said this is ridiculous and bad. Compared to the people that who now in the next few days will start saying things like, well, you know, obviously we're disappointed with the result, uh, but, you know, that's just that's just what it is and we'll have to move on from here. At no point will right. they say, now's the time for all of this garbage to stop, Mr. President. I, I, yeah, uh, I imagine in their estimation, it's like it's not worth getting ahead of it. So, like, just let the clock run out and he'll be out of office and then you'll necessarily have to deal with Biden. And then – so you're, you're not actually going out of your way to recognize Biden until you're actually working with him on some new bill or whatever. Right. And for the next two or three years, whenever Trump does something awful, whenever he inserts himself on a daily basis into the news cycle, which he will do as loudly and oh, as yes. often as he can yes. – and some reporter wants to go and talk to a Republican politician about it, it will be uh, on steroids version of what we've seen for the last four years, which is, I didn't see the tweet. And then on top of, I didn't see the tweet, it will be, why are you so obsessed with this guy? Right. You just can't get president. over Trump. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, he's going to be still be at the head of right. a, a media and a conservative media and, and political operation that maintains a great deal of power in this country. So yeah, on the one hand, it will look like the media just can't get enough and won't let won't let sleeping dogs lie or whatever. And they'll be bothering Ted Cruz about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz will get to play the fucking victim there. Right. Right. Uh, right. The reality of the situation will be that Trump is still in fact the, the head of the Republican Party and it right. does matter what he's fucking saying. Right. It's going to be a pain in the ass for these Republicans because, you know, up until now, at least for all of the harassment that they're getting from Trump, like he at least can get some things done for them, right? Like some bill that they want or whatever, some tax cut. But he is going to be totally powerless when it comes to doing something for these politicians. But he will still have the same power to like make them respond to whatever nonsense he says. So like... I mean, he's not going to do this, right? I mean, this would be too far even for uh, Trump. But he could, like, in theory, just to test the loyalty, like, at the first state of the union, he can have a separate event the same night and just have his 
foot soldier show up to his event and not the joint session of Congress or just to see who would show up just to see if right. he still got it. You know, how's that, how's that message of healing going for you, President Biden, when there's like, there's 40 empty seats on the Senate side That's right. because they're afraid to cross Donald. Right. Because they can always be primary. I'm sure like it's going to take, it's going to, I mean, it, and, and who knows if it's even possible, but it's going to take somebody with nothing to lose who still wants to make a name for himself. And I don't like somebody know who would run in 24 or like just, right. somebody have to be who, a pre- who, who's going to try. And, and one of them is going to have to do it eventually if, unless they just are going to defer to him in 2024 and we'll just assume that right. the Republican nominee is going to be Donald Trump. If Josh Hawley wants to be the fucking president, if Tom Cotton wants to be the president, you're not going to do it by riding his coattails and hoping that he doesn't decide to run in 2024. Right. It's just, it's not going to happen because if he's alive, he's going to run in 2024. Right. So, I mean, I would imagine that no one will make a move against him. Like if they have these presidential aspirations, no one's going to make a move the first couple of years. At the latest will be like in 23 when they actually will start running for the 24 election, right? So it's going to be such a needle to thread if they don't if they don't come out strong against him. Like it's right. going to be impossible to do the Donald was great, but it's time to move on thing, right? Because right. he will just destroy them. But then his base will say, "How can we move on when it was stolen from him? You yourself so said so, and right. you s- signed that thing, right?" You weren't doing that cynically, were you, guy? You know, it's like, oh, no, no. It was on the up and up. So, like, it's kind of right. hard to make that case in 21, 22. It would have to be, like, at the last minute and just say it's time to move in a new direction. We got old geezer Biden, old geezer Polo. All the, we got young guns, you know, like Holly. Right. And or what something. they will do is that they will, they will shift it to an attack on the media, right? And instead right. of going after Donald Trump, they'll make the big problem with america the media in the same way that he did and they'll right. try their damnedest marco rubio if he's going to make another go at it we'll just <laughs> we'll just try to dump on the media and ted cruz will do the same thing yeah it's in their dna and that will be the fight that they pick right that way they don't have to pick a fight with trump getting back to the illegitimacy timeline now we're getting into the heart of it because as i said george w bush was perceived by some, not so much at the top of the Democratic apparatus, but certainly within the the everyday Democrat voter, to be something of an illegitimate president like that. But Barack Obama basically came to power and was immediately considered illegitimate by Republican functionaries all up and down the party apparatus. And Mitch McConnell, in a meeting like I think before the inauguration went the full Bob Dole saying that we're not going to do anything that he wants to do and they will try to block and subvert everything that Obama wants to do. Right. And I mean, Rush Limbaugh on inauguration day was on his radio show saying that he hopes Obama fails and he would, he sort of couched this in terms of a disagreement about politics, but he made no room for the possibility that Obama's success could be the country's success. And like, that is a, that it may not be a direct call to saying that this is an illegitimate president, but it's certainly, it's a direct finger into the face of the idea that this American president, if he succeeds on his own terms, 
will have success for the country, right? right? That was Rush Limbaugh drawing a line in the sand saying that anything that is good for Obama is bad for the country. Right. And it might not be precisely a claim of Ill- illegitimacy, but it's pretty damn close. Right. Basically, the argument is like, if he his presidency is a success, it will encourage more presidencies like him, and I don't want that. So I want him to fail. It's kind of a goofy argument. Right. And I think that any honest reflection of the GOP attitude and behavior toward Obama would conclude that they largely did not see him as legitimate. Uh, right. Even it's- though, I mean, it's hard to win like uh, Reagan did in 84 or uh, LBJ did in 64. It was a very comfortable win in 2008, right? So, like, there was no doubt as to the outcome, right? So this wasn't even, like, a 2000 where it's very close or 2016 where it's relatively close, but, you know, you can tell who won just, like, in 2020. It's not that close. But, like, in 2008, it wasn't anywhere near close. Like, as soon as, like, 11 o'clock hit, just as a formality, when the West Coast states closed their polls, they called it, right? It was basically over. And even under those circumstances, they were doing the illegitimate thing. And, you know, it started with a birther stuff, and, like, he's not even from here, that kind of thing. We didn't even get into the birther stuff, which is that, like, huge percentages of Americans still believe. Right. That Obama was not born in this country. I, I right. thought that I had listed the polls somewhere, but because I looked them up. Uh, oh, there's some of them. Exit polls in 2016. So the 2016 election showed that half of Trump voters did not think Obama was born in the U.S., which had been matching polls for years that suggested that well more than half of Republicans totally bought the birther conspiracy. Right. Which is that uh, he was born in, in Kenya or wherever. And... Like Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, former representative out of South Carolina, proudly ran on the idea that Barack Obama was not a legitimate president and that, right. that he had not been born in the country. Can I ask a question, just generally speaking, with the Republican sort? <clears throat> you cannot like someone, right? Totally fine for political reasons, for whatever reason. If you just don't, if you don't like Obama because of his hope and change or it's too positive or you didn't like how the media was covering him, right? A lot of frivolous things you cannot like about him. But just because you don't like somebody, it doesn't mean that anything anybody says negative about him, you have to believe, right? Like, because it seems like anything in that 2007, 2011, like, you know, those first like four years or so when he was running and then when he was president, Anything somebody said, they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's right. got to be Hannity, true. Hannity went on television and radio every day for years, just for years, talking about how Barack Obama was a radical socialist who went to bed with terrorists. Like these are like literally <laughs> things that he said, <laughs> yes. that, that, that Obama was fundamentally anti-American. Right. And yes, it's not a direct – like I was saying about Rush earlier, it's not a direct call – to the illegitimacy of the person or to the person in the office. But it it is riding that line, right? And right. then and then of course somebody like Trump sees that you're riding that line and says, Oh, you fucking moron. Yeah. You don't ride the line. Right. You blow right the fuck by it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like pretending that you're sending investigators to Hawaii who are going to figure out that Barack Obama <laughs> hadn't been born there. 
That's right. Uh, 59 years ago or whatever. Right. They're enlisting the help of a sheriff in Arizona who's right. going to do the investigative work get, on get figuring out that he'd been born in Kenya. Right? right. It's insane. Right. And that's where we are. And say what you will about the last four years. There was plenty of talk about how, and that's why I'm, I'm not trying to both sides this. Right. It is, in fact, the case that this is a, a crisis of legitimacy that is happening in our country, and it doesn't have a lot to do with your political affiliation. It's sort of like what you're saying, that when you just said that you don't have to believe everything about everything. the other guy like, yeah. just because that's he's saying it. That's just how people are, though. That's what's been a, going on for the— It's a thing that happens. It's not just here. It's in when That's why people make false confessions, and then they find— evidence right. to line up with it it's just what human brains do but you think like oh that's too f like i mean what were some of the goofy things that people were saying about uh trump like he was like a manchurian candidate or he's a manchurian candidate he went to russia and vladimir putin got a tape of him getting peed on by russian hookers right and or the they, hooker they, getting peed on and he was watching or was he something like that yeah sure there's a yeah. there was a piss party with russian hookers and right. donald trump was on tape in doing it and people it, believed it right. and i don't know how many people believed it but it doesn't I don't matter think a lot Pe of people yeah i think right, it was kind of but it doesn't matter whether or not you believed all of the details about the piss tape it's that john lewis goes on meet the press and says before the inauguration that he doesn't see the president-elect as a legitimate president right he's out and out said it and though hillary clinton did make that phone call on election night and she did offer a full concession, like no, no. Yeah, there was. Yeah, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. She conceded the next day. Uh, she would eventually say on a CBS Sunday morning show, your favorite show, that Trump was an illegitimate president. Right. I mean, those were the words that she used. It and this was not it, not at all an uncommon position among Democrats. Right. Uh, wh whether they're citing Russian interference. Uh, and that was largely exaggerated or entirely made up as the main reason for his illegitim illegitimacy or not. They had their reasons. In 2017, 57% of young adults in the millennial category oh. viewed Trump's presidency as illegitimate. That's over half. I, I, I wish people did not fall back to the illegitimate. There are a lot of other words you can use. You know, I mean, you can be incompetent or wrong or this or that. But like, when you say illegitimate, you're kind of striking at the heart of the system. You're saying that because they were duly elected through the process, right? Even though there were millions right. of votes. Even if the process sucks, even though he lost by three million votes. Right. That didn't and matter. That it's a, and it's yeah. a weird relic of a system that should probably be changed in significant ways, that, uh, even if enough. you don't know that it should be completely done away with. Right. Even if granting all of that, that doesn't mean that it's not legitimate, right? right? That doesn't mean right. that we shouldn't respect the results in an important way. And and now we come to now, and recent polling suggests that 88% of Trump voters are saying that Biden did, Biden did not legitimately win the election. Right. 90% of people who voted for Trump think that this is not a legitimate situation that's going on. That's not going to go down. It might go down a little bit. Another way to say it is basically... 90% of Trump voters will believe whatever Trump tells them. Doesn't all of this come down to when people say legitimate or illegitimate, it's basically it's a reflection of this is not the outcome I wanted. I don't like the path we're headed to. So th this is not legitimate on those grounds. I, I think people are using the term for impact less so like literally, 
Right. So if, so that's the thing. It's let's just say that it's all a put on, right? It's all just right. a partisan answer to a question that right. you don't think actually matters that when the the pollster calls you up, you say the thing that you think you're supposed to say on your team because you're in part the pollster is on the other team. In addition right. to the Democrats being on the other team, the pollster and the media are all on the other team too. Right. And so you say, yeah, all you assholes are illegitimate, including the guy that you just helped elect president, you scumbag. Right. And it's just a big rhetorical middle finger. And it's just how you signal to your team that you're on their side. Even if it doesn't lead to some fucking maniac doing more violence in the streets in a targeted way, or some large portion of the country simply believing that the government is illegitimate, it's still a serious problem in a country that has among its foundational creeds the idea that the just exercise of state power rests on the consent of the governed, right? right? So even if it doesn't lead to specific bad outcomes that you can point to, which I think that it, in part, it already has, where there's been violence on the streets of Washington, D.C. Yes, this weekend, yes. but even if it doesn't lead to a, a series of political violences and murders that you can point to, I think it's still fucking matters and i think that if you think that you can just say these things that the government is illegitimate that this president is a thief who's only sitting there because he stole the election and that that won't have profoundly negative outcomes i think that's an incredibly naive belief right. even if even if you just call this nothing but empty rhetoric right and if enough people do honestly believe that the process is corrupt and the elections are being stolen from the candidate that they support. They may let one slide the first election. You know, like if they truly believe this, and then the media, like in conservative circles, continues this, and then in twenty two and twenty four, things don't go the way that the people on that side want. They're gonna say they're taking the country for, and somebody may eventually, you know, take some sort of violent act not like you know these skirmishes or these ambushes were like some a couple in dc they're just walking and they're getting beaten up by these random yahoos right not like those kind of things i mean those are pretty bad but like a more conventional one where like some crazy lone guy lone gunman does something like that guy who shot up those uh baseball congressional thingies uh, it was on right. the left. Steve, uh, Steve, yeah. Steve Cleese gets shot, and the yeah. lesson that he learned from that is that he needs to talk about how the government yeah. is illegitimate on yeah. fucking television all the time. Are you, you out think of your you, fucking yeah. mind, yeah. Steve? You got shot on a baseball field by a Bernie Sanders supporter who believed that whatever he believed, he was probably fucking crazy, but he was fed these things, right? right? Like these things right. came into his broken brain and made him more broken. And he got a gun and tried to murder you and all your friends. And, and if, your reaction yeah, to yeah. that is to double down. Right. And if Scalise wasn't in a leadership post, they would be dead. Right. Cause they wouldn't have the security that comes with whatever. I think it was like the, a whip or something. So, there was security there, and they were able to repel the attack and, and, and kill that guy. But, like, if that wasn't the case, if he was just, like, just any guy in, in, in the house, they would have died. And you would think if people like people like him, if they don't see the danger of kind of playing it up this way, maybe they think, oh, there's no harm. Maybe it'll make a connection, which I find hard to believe. 
like, if you continue to do this, what do you expect? Because I think a lot of these politicians are very cynical, right? But the people on the ground are not cynical. They believe this to be as it's being portrayed. So those people, not all of them, but at least one of them will react violently. Right. And it's inevitable. Like, it's just true that eventually right. you're going to light the wrong fucking match, right? right? Because that's all this is. This is just a game where you're lighting matches. And all these idiots out there are just matches. And most of them are just going to burn down to the finger before they can really hurt anybody. Right. But eventually... And I know that it gets into weird things where was this person going to do violence anyway? Was this somebody who was just a broken person who was going to to break bad one way or another right. anyway? Maybe. And it's hard to pin these sorts of things down. But the idea that the rhetoric just doesn't matter, that it's completely disconnected from practical reality right. is not good. And right. I don't know what I don't know what it's even if it doesn't result in violence and bad things, I don't know what good you're doing as as a politician who presumably wants to govern, and maybe that's my mistake, right. is imagining that they want to govern, is that if you continue to play this whole thing up as a farce constantly. Right. The then problem yeah, yeah. what's the point of you? I, I think <laughs> the problem is like the current posture of the the parties especially on the right. I mean, I'm not going to both sides this. On the right, there isn't a lot of humility, right? There isn't a moment where, like, you lost and figure out why you lost, right? And when Romney lost, he accepted the defeat. The party leadership did a, an autopsy to see what can, as a party, what can we do, make inroads with uh, minority communities and this and that, maybe have more policies besides just taxing and, and deregulation. But none of that was taken up by... Trump, right? He just said, fuck it, I'll just continue going the other way. But at least there was an effort there, a recognition of what we're doing is not working. We lost back to back. Let's try something else. That is not available anymore. Like, just we lost and let's see why we lost is not a, a, a worldview that's accepted in a Trump world, right? If I lost, something illegal must have caused that defeat. I did not lose straight up, right? So, like, if everybody takes on this way of thinking or or the zombie hordes just showed up in greater numbers than we could repel right right and that we 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 must therefore do everything in our power to make sure that the zombie hordes right cannot show up to do the thing that they will inevitably do new gingrich's uh, wing of the argument was like just like Make it more difficult for people to right. vote. The future of the Republican Party is not Paul Ryan's autopsy from 2012. The future right. of the Republican Party is fucking five-minute action movie trailers by Dan Crenshaw. Right. Right? Yeah. That's the level of complete insanity. Yes. Where, like, if you... Like, I can't even... Be, like, I could not believe what I was watching. And I will post it on the show note at brainiron.com. I let's I watched it without audio. Just I just just looking at his face and all the stuff that was going around. I was like, "Wow, this looks like one of those terrible, like, action movie kind of things." Like he imagines himself to be some sort of like Jack Bauer guy, you know? It's a video where the one-eyed congressman from Texas gets on a plane and jumps out the back of that plane and lands on the car of some Antifa. And punches through their windshield on his way to help Senators <laughs> Kelly Leffler and and David Perdue get reelected in Georgia. That's the fucking five-minute video that he put on Twitter. 
that right. appears to have spent. I mean, they didn't spend millions of dollars right, on they, it. Yeah. It's some cheap special right. effects, right. but they spent a pile of money right. on that. Right. They know. Their and this audience. guy thinks he's right. the future of the party, and he's one hundred percent right. Right. Although he, uh, I don't know if anything has come of it, but uh, didn't he get caught up in the uh, VA scandal where there was a, a woman who was sexually assaulted and they did all they could to make her look bad? I think he, along yeah, but with... with it, yeah. That goes back to the tribe thing. He's right. not going to pay a price for that right. within the tribe. Right. I mean, at that point, you're just if it, it doesn't matter what you do, so long as you can point to the other side... And make a glossy video, right? Yeah. People will just say, oh, that's not important. You're my guy, and I support you. There's a couple other big topics I wanted to talk about. We're not going to have time because we spent way too much time on that. But I, I wonder how much of this you come back from in any sort of rational way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, don't, like, I don't see a path back. And, of course, as somebody who cannot see the future... Nobody actually can see a path back, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I see all of all of this, in addition to being linked to the Ronald Reagan joke about all government action being inherently bad and bad for people, you combine that with calcified and calcifying beliefs about the illegitimacy of the federal government. Uh, it's very bad. And then if you combine that with what I see as a rise, and maybe that's a mistake, but what I see as a rise in the instrumentation of disgust as an expression of political righteousness, yes, uh, which I wrote about on election night, my last essay over at brainiron.com, which you can find pretty easily over there. That's a sin that's committed by people all across the political spectrum is this de the, the deployment of disgust as yeah. a tool of political rhetoric. I feel like that's something, and I, I say feel because I cannot prove it, but it feels like something that is is more in the zeitgeist now than it was even just a few years ago. Right. Where I'm just constantly hearing people on of all political stripes talk about how they're disgusted. And that's a weird thing to just be presented with something from the other side and have nothing to say about it except that you have this uh, physical negative reaction to right. it. Right, and also people, the, the, these reactions are the point, right? And so often people aren't right. Reading that's the tribe. The, that's right. what tribalism is, right? Like, but the, you it's, would a, think it's that, a withdrawal. It's a withdrawing from right. other people, just out of uh, a feeling of natural disgust, and that being used as in in the political language is awful. Right, but the thing is, people in their disgust, it's not like, oh, let me dig into this and read the entire story or look at other opinions on the same topic. It's just, it's presented in a very easy to digest, like either a meme or a, or a clip or a gif or like a ticky talky, like the way that it's presented, it's accepted as it comes. It did it. It served its purpose, right? It got me all riled up and then I share it with like-minded folks. And then that's, that's the entire transaction. Right. right. So the story doesn't mean anything beyond like crazy, huh? And then you just move on. Right. And it's and, a cheap, it's cheap, easy shorthand. Right. It's, it's a, it's a communication in bile. Like right. it, it, you don't have to think about it. Right. 
and it doesn't, it's not, a, it's not challenging and it feels good. It feels really right. good right. to be disgusted by someone else and to have somebody share your disgust with you. I wanted to talk about Gawker and it's the first time Gawker, uh, Gawker being, been on the news for a, in a while, right? Since the Hogan right. sex tape. And we'll save that for next week, I think, because it's not exactly a time-sensitive story. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I have a lot of things and feelings about, uh, things to say about Gawker and the entire sort of media ecosystem oh, around them. I had a lot of uh, things to say about Apple. Yeah, so we'll get into that probably next week. I do quickly want to talk about what I hinted at at the top, which is the Dr. Jill Biden <laughs> story. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the re uh, response from the uh, the editor? Like he he imagines that this was uh, all a setup, like because the reaction was harsh to the. Yeah, opinion let's set piece. it up. Let's right. let's set it up before we talk about the reaction. So there was a Wall Street Journal editorial in the op-ed pages of the Wall Street Journal. A guy named uh, Joe Epstein, who's no an 83-year-old. He's a he's a long contributor to a magazine called Commentary Magazine. In addition to writing, uh, being a literary critic and doing all sorts of other things, but he's, he's an old geezer, a very old man who's been writing conservative tilted essays for a very long time, and he wrote an op-ed published in the pages of the Wall Street Journal, saying that Jill Biden ought to drop the doctor from her uh, public title, basically. Right. She got a doctor in education from University of Delaware or something. Yeah. And for, forgive me for laughing, but like, <laughs> there's a long storied history in this country, in the culture, of dumping on fake doctors. Like, not that she's a fake but, doctor. But she's right. a professor, right? Sure, she taught at a community college for many years, and that's, that's great. That's what you call the professor. No, though. that's not what they do most of the time. In like so, in in the school, it's like it would be weird if I called most of my professors who got doctor doctorates doctors. We called them maybe professor. Often, all of the people who that I talk to most refer to their professors as doctor, whatever. Now, my question. Okay, this old man is not at all confused right like because the only argument the only legitimate argument that would fall in his favor would be like if somebody out there is under the false impression that jill biden is like a medical doctor and not one of many other kinds of doctor right so i mean he did, i don't think he made the uh, argument that this was like some sort of stolen valor thing right but right. like he was no. kind of you know <laughs> But people use doctor for things besides the medical doctor. Yeah, but do when they really? Professors. There was one perfect example, and I, and I wish uh, Biden, uh, Jill Biden, uh, doctor Jill Biden used it, but uh, Dr. King didn't get no medical degree, right? So like his, uh, like I think Bernice King or somebody, one, of, one of his kids or grandkids made the claim like, well, they contributed to society, and they're not that kind of doctor, right? Like, this kind of a flippant, like, hey, guy, right. fuck off. But, like, the reason why it got this reaction was because the angle that people took uh, with it was because she's a woman, right? So it was like, is... Right. So is, I want to I wanna, I wanna read, because there's a, there's a kicker, like, two-thirds of the way through this article from USA Today, and I'll post the article at brainiron.com in the show notes. 
at the top it says, The Wall Street Journal doubled down after a column from essayist Joseph Epstein sparked controversy over the weekend for, quote, misogynistic views, end right. quote, suggesting soon-to-be First Lady Jill Biden stop using the title doctor, though she is one. So first of all, they put misogynistic views in scare quotes there without attributing it to anyone. Because what that's doing is that's saying that it's just the case that the entire culture reacted in such a way that its misogynistic views right. are in this essay, right? right? So it's not attributing it to anyone, but it is putting it in scare quotes, just so you know that that is sort of the official position of everyone who got mad about this. Now, the Wall Street Journal editor guy did respond, and this is him. <laughs> These pages aren't going to stop publishing provocative essays merely because they offend the new administration or the political censors in the media and academy wrote Paul Gigo in a column posted Sunday evening, continuing, and since it's a time to heal, we'll give the Biden crowd a mulligan for their attacks on us. So he's <laughs> he is fully eating the shit straight out of the bowl and smiling about it. <laughs> he is thrilled that this is the reaction they got because now it's a stupid fucking culture war story, right? Right. right. Nearly every, and this is continuing the USA Today, Nearly every major news outlet ran a story over the weekend on the backlash from Epstein's Friday column, which also referred to the 69-year-old educator with a doctorate of education degree as kiddo. Yeah. Among the critics, Doug Amhoff, husband to Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, Northwestern University, where Epstein says he taught for 30 years, and Biden herself. Together, we will build a world where the accomplishments of our daughters will be celebrated rather than diminished, Biden tweeted Sunday. So this was, it was a total fury to the extent that there can be such a thing as a fury in right. media world that is not related to Donald Trump. But everywhere you went this weekend on the internet, somebody was talking about the fact that this old guy was dumping on this poor little woman. Right. And um, he wouldn't Mrs. make the Dr. same Jill claim Biden. if she were a man. Right. Which is almost certainly not the case, right? Like if it was Dr. Joe Biden and he'd gotten his phd when he was 35 in in like teaching gym class or whatever <laughs> but from the know, university of delaware an argument could be, be made making for fun that. of him on that too right, right but an argument could be made if it was i don't know if they give out degrees in gym but like i'm sure there are certain doctorate like some online doctorate from the university of whatever phoenix and it's like some weird of questionable reputation but this is not that that's why it was kind of an odd argument well, to make. sure. But this is, this is the sort of doctor that people get so that they can get a raise, right? This, right. Is, the sort of, this is the sort of thing where you get... Unless you're teaching college classes. You don't have to be a doctor to teach at the but community it, no, college. But that's it's, what... If that's what's happening, but you can. The, what I'm saying is, this is this, right. this is that sort of doctorate. It's a continuing right. education doctorate. Right. She wrote right. a long essay, right. and they handed her a fucking right. doctorate. Right. Right. So it's fine. It's good. Congratulations. But he's just making a joke. He's. It's a bit in the same way that the thing we talked about last week with David Sedaris right. is a bit. You're allowed to do bits. Right. Right. You're right. allowed to have right. bad opinions, right. and you shouldn't have the world come down on you because of it. And 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 fuck the guy. At the Wall Street Journal, who's pretending like he's speaking truth to power here, because fuck that too. Just say, just tell everybody that it was a bit and it was a joke and it's a cranky old man thing. And that what's his face used to get on 60 Minutes and do this once a month and right. it wasn't a big deal then. And right. it's just 
like relax everyone anyway then we have a full extended paragraph quote from michelle obama in this usa today article talking about how great dr jill biden is and then we have another quote from a biden spokesman and and i'm continuing to scroll continuing to scroll we have doug amhoff's quote about dr jill biden then we have why i bring this up which is that two-thirds of the way through this article is a one-sentence paragraph and it says Many publications, including USA Today and The Journal, follow AP style, which dictates that doctor should not be used for academic credentials <laughs> in news articles. <laughs> so you have, you have a oh, thousand great. words oh. of outrage and hurt on behalf of Dr. Jill oh, Biden. That's great. And then you get to the end and it says... <laughs> we don't recommend. Yeah, we don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't fucking call this lady a doctor either. <laughs> but... Again, that kind of makes sense. Like if you're trying to be specific and you want to, when you're making references to somebody being a doctor or being a medical doctor, that's fine. But they have these doctorate degrees in many fields and people pursue them for whatever reasons they want, right? And it's their reason. It could be to further their education or for extra money or whatever. That's fine. And they can be doctors. No one is confused, right? And if it was a, a bit, then great. But he would never admit that it's a bit. He's going to try to play it up and say, oh, they are. I bet you he honestly does believe that this is closer to my made-up scenario of uh, stolen valor than anything, than just a bit. He thinks that I don't know. If she's you trying read, to if pass. You read the, if you read the piece, it is, it is done largely tongue-in-cheek, right. and it reads as a joke. Right. And then the fact that the editorial page editor came out and tried to make it something it wasn't doesn't make it any less of a joke. Right. Anyway, so it says it says that in the middle of the article. That is great, and, then it, and then it concludes with Meghan McCain getting all sanctimonious about it on The View, writing that uh, Dr. Biden, she's so sick of the way accomplished, educated, successful women like Dr. Biden are talked about in the media by misogynistic men. Beyond so sick of it. And then the article concludes, her name is Dr. Jill Biden, Hillary Clinton tweeted. Get used to it. <laughs> and the the dripping sanctimony, like it's just right. get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, all right. <laughs> Before we go, yeah. Uh, we'll save the Pornhub stuff for next time, maybe. <laughs> Jam packed episode next week. We have a question of ethical import for oh, you, Abe. Okay. I'm all ears. On Saturday night. Fuck you, Abe. You should come to poker sometimes. I, yeah. I've already scheduled the next one. I'll be there. What the fuck were you doing on Saturday night? You couldn't join join us and your and Hi your again. adoring public <laughs> for uh for some poker. These poker events keep on sneaking up on me, but now I know ahead of time the schedule. I got to the bottom of it. Wednesdays and Saturdays. Very recurring. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> on Saturday night. This is a question of ethical import. My God, I'm embarrassed already. I'm going to present this to you as straightforwardly as I can, and okay. I just want to I want to know what your reaction would be okay. to being in this situation. Okay. You're not going to say who, right? Right. I'm not doing any of that. Okay. Imagine that you are in a nine-person poker tournament, and it is down to the final four people. And I'm among them? 
you are among them. So yes, I know this is a stretch for you. You are going to flame out pretty early, but okay. The person in fourth place. Wait. Payout only goes to the right. top two. The payout Ooh. is the top two players. Okay. There are four people left in the tournament. The and chip leader has a vast, vast lead. The chip leader has like, let's say, 50,000 chips. An insurmountable chip lead. Well, there's no such thing, no. to be fair, as <laughs> an insurmountable as chip lead know. in poker. Yes. But chip leader is well out in chip front. Chip leader has like 90% of okay. the chips. Right. So it looks like and the then have we have something. a second place person with 9,000 chips, a third place person with... 4,500 chips, and in fourth place is you. You have 2,000 chips. What are the blinds at this point? Like one, two? The blinds are high. Uh, high. They are four and 800. Okay. So you have less than three times the big blind. <laughs> I am low stack. Okay. You're in so much trouble. Right. The, <laughs> it can only go around the table basically once right. before you're toast one way right. or another. At this moment, your connection to the online poker app dips out. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. You sound so disappointed. Uh, right. <laughs> now your internet connection your internet connection is still working. So you're on the Zoom call with all of us. <laughs> We're all there playing cards. Okay. And you're We're watching your chips just bleed you're out. You're furiously <laughs> Poking at your computer, trying to make the poker app work, but While it's the game not is still working. Going on. So yes. In the meantime, everyone else. Everyone else at the table is doing all they can to make sure that the game is extended. Like okay. rather than like forcing Exhausting the action. All the time. Yeah. We're, the we're, chip leader is. Chip leader's just sitting there, letting his time expire. Wait, everyone's yeah. just waiting their timers to get you back in the game. Okay. Right. Okay. We're like the the people who are still in the room are like. Try to restart your computer. Just uh, try to close it and open it back up again. Like whatever you got to do, right. get back in here. Clearly, you're, they don't see me as a, a threat, so they're humoring right, me. You're okay. in big trouble, but okay. let's let's get this done anyway. Okay. Long and the short of it is, you cannot get reconnected, and you lose I your just, big blind. I bleed out. Okay. <laughs> you're da- you're down to a few hundred chips. <laughs> And then you win like four straight hands. You win three out of four hands. All in, all in, all in. The computer has you going. The computer is just putting you all in because you only have like 90 (laughs) chips at this point. And so you win the first hand and you go up to like 350 chips because you've quadrupled up because you got all of our 90 chips. And then you win another hand. All right. And then you lose a hand and you lose your blind again and you go down again. And then you win another hand and you're back up to like 450 chips. Right. And then finally, the inevitable happens and you've, you've lost. You right. never reconnect to the poker app and your 2,000 chips that you felt certainly you were in some trouble. You had a chance. Some trouble. I'll do my way out. Right. <laughs> All right. So here's the question. You've now lost. Yes. It's over. Fourth place. You're yeah. done. Yeah. Do you No. What what is what is your what is your immediate I'm, reaction? I lost. It's over. Well, yes, but <laughs> surely you should be no. refunded your entry you fee into the tournament. No. Are you kidding me? At 2000 chips when I'm going up against like the Bezos guy, like who's got all the chips. Like, no, it is over. I had no real shot, anyways. 
I probably wouldn't have done much different than what the auto movement thingy, right? And so, like, if I had lost on those, you know, for those reasons, like, I would not file a protest or try to get some of my money back. I would just say, yeah, I lost, you know. So you wouldn't throw a giant hissy fit <laughs> and demand that your entry fee be refunded to you? No. I, because that's what an is. unnamed individual did on Saturday night. Was this like a joke argument or was it an actual no, argument? This was, was an not. argument that went on in the moment for 30 minutes and then continued for hours the next day <laughs> Did, until this person finally said, I'm done arguing about it. You'll never change my mind. <laughs> I'm over it. But obviously, I should be refunded the $20. Okay. Can I ask a question? Would this position still be maintained if there were only like 200 chips left and the computer started to act out? Like, or what, is there some imaginary threshold that 2,000 no. chips met that no, no that's the problem no yeah, the belief it, is that because his chance was taken from him right that is an un- injustice that should be corrected by the ethical people in the room right. who are who are did not have the act of god happen against them but right? it, even even under the best of circumstances that's not worthy of the full freight. Like you get prorated. Here's fifty right. cents. That's get what the hell I was, out of here. So that's what I was trying to figure out is what's the right because at best at at best you say you have because you certainly can't say you have a one in four chance yeah, definitely. of coming back and winning. Right. Because for for the record, what happened is what obviously was going to happen. Right. Which is that he this person with the 2,000 chips is gone. I immediately go out like two hands after that because I also have basically no chips. Right. And then like within five or ten hands, the whole thing is done anyway. Right. Also, doesn't this also set a bad precedent? Like if I, if I was uh, an unethical person, if I was uh, going down the drain and I wanted my money back, I could – scheme right oh i'm having trouble oh, with the connection something. yeah i can't press the buttons anymore <laughs> right. you know right you do the old thing where you do the fake that sh- that's, sh- that's right yeah. bad kid grandma gonna call you later and you do that while people can see you do that but yes too far into the game too down like it, it that's my thing. It's yeah. so far into the game and so far down. And what are like the starting? Yeah, right after the buy-in period or yeah. something. Right. Like there's a number of different ways. Right. That I could stretch my mind into, but at the end of the day, like it's twenty dollars. Right. Who cares? Also, has has that been established going forward? It should just be like beyond the first forty-five minutes or whatever. Like, hey, you're like fully exposed. Get better well, internet. And meanwhile, time. another person playing pointed out that in a normal online poker game, yeah, when you're not playing with friends, yeah, it's just tough shit. Yeah, like yeah. you could be up thousands, but if your internet goes out right. and you end up losing, that's right. just what sucks. Right. right, and people would be like trying to force the action and and try to get your exactly. stack down yeah. as quickly as yeah. possible. Yeah, right. they they give you all of the outs, and yeah, I mean, tough shit. Got random guy. Also, like, if, mm-hmm. if this was like a a real life game and 
the, the nachos didn't sit well with you and you had to be away from the table for a while, nobody's stopping either, right? Sometimes That's you just right. lose. You just live with the outcome and, you know. So some people don't sometimes just lose. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, That's that, the problem. It's not a strong enough argument to... Uh, so were there any receptive ears? Like, did anybody go, oh, yes. Of course, that's a good thing. Oh, of course there was. There was one, <laughs> and it was... Uh, <laughs> there's no way to it do this anonymously <laughs> anymore. Uh, it was... No, that, just stop. It doesn't no, matter. No, no, I will. Andrew was very receptive to this <laughs> argument. Because, of course, he was. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter. The best way to find us is to just go to brainiron.com. Abe, I have some exciting news for the show. Oh? We've gotten a little bit of seed money from a faithful listener, believe it or not. We had uh, someone who listens to the show just PayPal me some money out of the kindness of their hearts. As no strings attached? You. you don't have to show any leg? That's right. <laughs> This person should get to have like some sort of input. Like they get to ask a question or something. They get to... well, anybody can ask a well, question. That's right. Just yeah. Email me. We'll do that for free. Brainironpodcast at gmail dot com. You can also you send, should do that. Or you can send us a uh, a voice memo if oh, you'd like to yeah. hear your voice on the air or whatever this is. Anyway, I got a little bit of money and I'm going to spend it uh, on the show. I'm going to do a first run of Cast Iron Brains merch. Nice. I'm trying to decide what to do, whether it's a T-shirt or some, uh, like, Pines glasses or Rocks glasses with our logo on it. Does anyone want any pint glasses? Because we have... No, no, no. We we're, have... Not, we're not giving away old pint glasses here. We'll be... <laughs> you sure? We'll be manufacturing brand new pint glasses or rocks glasses. Or Buy a new pint glass, get an old one free. Or t-shirts. What I want to know from uh, all 11 of you out there is, because obviously this is seed money. What I'm, If I wanted to sell cast iron brains stuff for a, a reasonable price, for mm -hmm. a small profit on my end, what do you want? Do you want t-shirts? Do you want... Uh, see, my instinct is to get a glass because I'm not a big T-shirt guy. Who's not into T-shirts? People love T-shirts. Bob doesn't know how to dress himself. Well, whatever. I can't imagine myself wearing my own podcast yeah, T-shirt out in the world, <laughs> but I can imagine myself drinking a nice old-fashioned in a in a oh, cast iron gotcha. brains uh, rocks glass. So probably it doesn't matter what anyone says to me. I'm just going to order a bunch of rocks glasses <laughs> with the Cast Iron Brains logo on it and then charge you money for it. If you want to send me money, I'll send you a rocks glass or two. Except for the uh, the winner of the eventual Cast Iron That's right. So that's the, the other end of it is that during the when I'm not dealing with the kids in the mornings, I'll figure out who won the CIBEFG 2020. We still got the... Georgia runoff, because that was one of the questions, right? So it won't happen until at least then, right? Yeah, but he can get close. Right, yeah. He can get started. Yeah, yeah we got to figure out who won the election forecast game. But then we'll have merch, and I can award the winner with right. uh, with merch. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Bags. Thank you to our uh, anonymous 
Is this it's like anonymous a... to you people. I oh, know who right, it is. I know oh. who it is. Oh, this is like some Arab prince or something? No, it's not Ar- Abe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, let me know out there if you guys want stuff, what I should make. Uh, thank you to our anonymous benefactor. Something else that I've been doing lately is making these little YouTube videos for our show. And I'm posting them to YouTube under the Brain Iron YouTube channel, which you can find just by going to YouTube and typing in Brain Iron. Like and subscribe. Make sure you have your notifications on. Smash that like button. (laughs) Ring that subscribe (laughs) bell. Uh, But yeah, check that out. I call them previews, even though they usually come out like three or four days after the show (laughs) goes to uh, your favorite podcast catching service. But they're like little segments of the show that I'm turning into watchable things because people like that. And sometimes they even have moving images instead of just the one static image of of my silly little logo that I designed. So go check that out. Uh, but all of that sort of stuff can be found at brainiron.com. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Abe, you, uh, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we will talk to you next time. Later. Lost his fucking mind over the twenty dollars, that piece of shit. And of course it was Andrew who was like, "Yeah, I'd probably, you know, he made probably his point. money back. It's not fair." Already real panties in a bunch about that time we talked about how he fell down. <laughs> what? Yeah, he doesn't like. He doesn't he like being identified. He thinks he can hear his name. His name is so clearly not. De- it's a and he's like, "Oh, it says," and that says. Didn't it used to be like March 4th, like Inauguration Day, back in the olden days when they had horses? January 20th is a relatively recent thing. Because, you know, it take a while. If, let's say you win in November, and then, oh, shit, I got to be in Washington. Let me get that horse. Somebody's using it. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> Of outrage and hurt (laughs) 
on behalf of Dr. Jill oh, Biden. That's great. And then you get to the end and it says <laughs> We don't recommend yeah, we don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't fucking call this lady a doctor either. <laughs> Everybody, that it was a bit and it was a joke and it's a cranky old man thing and that what's his face used to get on 60 minutes and do this once a month and it wasn't a big deal then and it's just like relax everyone anyway oh boy is this that chode